everybody. Welcome back. It's Luch and Lori here. We're going to be talking about the offseason so far. So to kick it off, I say we start talking about the interesting signings. So Luch, you want to kick it? Okay. Uh, we'll start off with catchers. Uh, we got James McCann signing with the Mets. Uh, we'll, I can, we can talk about this for a sec. Uh, I, I actually kind of like this move for the Mets. Not li- actually, I really like this move for the Mets. Um, they, I think it's, it's kind of them saying, hey, uh, we're not going to get Rio Muto. So let's go get that the next best catcher available. Well, uh, for sure. And it's uh, sorry to cut you off there, but you know, James McCann's always been a very underrated catcher. It was a head scratcher for me why they even uh, the White Sox went and got Grandal. I mean, I guess McCann wasn't in their long term plans, and that's why they did it. Mm-hmm. But um, even this move with with the Mets, I, I I like it too because they have their their number two prospect, Francisco Alvarez. <laughs> Who's uh? He's nineteen, going to debut twenty twenty three. James McCann will certainly be a um, a great mentor for him. And uh, mm-hmm. you know the way it lines up, it's a four year deal. Alvarez is supposed to debut in twenty twenty three. You got the one year uh, they work together, and then that's your catcher for the future. So yeah, well that that's that's best case scenario. You're kind of looking at well the Mets are built are are planning on winning now, and McCann gives your best shot at that. That's basically what it boils down to because Wilson Ramos course, is not yeah. is not your guy. No. Well, yeah. No, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's a good move by the Mets. I like it. I agree, even though the, the Mets, you know. So then uh, Carlos Santana to the Royals. Now, that's um, it's an interesting signing. After a really good 2019, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was an all-star. Yes, he was. I think, actually. And, um, <laughs> and now with the Royals, Royals are an interesting team. They've got a deep farm system, especially with uh, – their 2020 pick or um, Asa Lacey, I'm pretty sure. Yes. What a hard throwing, um, huge guy. So that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a nice bounce back. Uh, he's a nice bounce back candidate. It's a one year deal. So um, definitely not a long term signing for the Royals, but hopefully, I suppose they're thinking we give him a chance now. If he bounces back, maybe he's mm-hmm. uh, more likely to resign, give us another chance later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of I think I want to talk about the Royals here for a little bit, if that's okay. I think yeah, yeah. I I really like what they're doing this offseason. and I don't I think a lot of either their fans or baseball fans in general will, might be like a tad confused on what the Royals are trying to do. Like they're in a division where yes, it's not the best division in baseball, but if we're being realistic here, they're not finishing top three. Um, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. But what they're doing is they're saying, hey, we're, we still want to contend. We still want to play 162 games of, of, of good baseball. And if we're, if we're also looking at their lineup, I like the lineup and the potential, especially after now you got Santana. They just signed Ben and they, sorry, they just traded for Ben Attendi, which is also another underrated move we'll talk about in a sec. But if you look at the lineup, let's say you get like 2018 or 2017, Andrew Ben Attendi, your lineup looks like Mondesi, Ben Attendi, Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler. Uh, Santana, uh, Salvi Perez, uh, Hunter Dozier's in there somewhere too. Like that's and, not a bad lineup, for sure. And then you got uh, Bobby Witt coming up soon, probably oh, yeah. on the the year after next. That's short. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. Edelberto Mondesi is a, is an interesting name too. Um, he's very yes. fast, but I mean, he's got a lot of potential. But um, he's not a guy I'm so sure is going to live up to it. I think yeah. he might be one of those guys with a whole lot of raw talent, but not much uh, he can do with it. Yeah, for sure. And also with the Royals, you also look, you say, okay, the lineup is good, or at least it, on paper, it's not bad. 
And mm -hmm. the, the, the rotation too has some question marks as do a lot of rotations in baseball, but the, the top three, I think, are, are pretty solid. You got Mike Miner. Who Brady Singer. Oh, Mike Brady Miner. Singer. Mike Miner, yeah. Uh, Brady Singer, love that kid. And I think he's going to be really, really good this year. Keep an eye out on him. And then mm -hmm. uh, Brad Keller, who I'm also huge on. I love Brad that. Keller was good last year yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and uh, you know what? Uh, Jorge Soler, only one year removed from uh, mm -hmm. the MLB home run king. Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it could be an interesting year for KC. I mean, that division, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's theirs for the taking, but it's certainly anyone's game down there. I'd, I'd, the only people I'd count out would be the Tigers because the Tigers, you know, you know how it is. But I mean, even them, without getting too far off track, you, they've got some exciting names coming up this year too. And Tariq Schoolball, who had um, he had a rough year last year, but you know, it was his debuts and stuff. Casey Mai is coming up soon. Tigers are going to be a fun team to watch again soon. Soon, that's the key word, not this year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Royals are are an interesting team. I definitely want to have an eye on them in the season, but. Uh, the, the central is still it's the central it's, it's the white Sox division to lose um, yeah i'd agree with you there yeah i'd say the 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 biggest competition would probably be the twins yeah uh now that uh, cleveland's without a certain let's, someone let's not but, talk about <laughs> let's not get into yeah. cleveland that, that could be an entire episode because i don't know what they're trying to do there <laughs> uh cheap they're very cheap yeah they're my god reasons, they're like but... they're like terrible version of tampa like tampa wins at least i don't know what cleveland's trying to do well i, well, I think they're exactly tampa if you think about it think yeah. about 2016 right they made it to the world series and then it's been kind of downhill from there See but I tampa mean, follows suit i mean you think about it let's do this i guess we'll do this super quick if you think about 2020 cleveland was a good team they're one of the best pitching teams in baseball then they go oh, trade, of course then they go trade carrasco then they uh trade Lindor you were still a contender now now you lost Lindor Carrasco you didn't but really see, replace Cleveland them. also has a really nutty farm system because their rotation is still going to be top of the top of the league with uh Bieber Plezak and Savelli right that's it though that's uh, the, no, the, the, the four and the Tristan five Mc Tristan McKenzie was your four yeah Tristan yeah. McKenzie was 30 last year do they and... does he start though does he start in Opening day. He was starting last year, so I say I don't see why not. Well, he came up it, at the end of the season, though. I still think he starts, especially with Carrasco gone. That's fair. And it's a really young um, staff, but young staffs have worked in the past. I mean, look at Atlanta, headlined by Freed and Soroka, right? So uh, I'm not worried about it. They'll be an interesting team to watch. The offense definitely took a hit losing Lindor, but yeah, um, they they didn't really replace him with any other names so that's also what i find really weird well, because that's what cleveland does they lose santana they lose lindor in the same offseason i uh i don't know about them mm -hmm. they'll see it it's, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be the the pitching that carries the team if they go anywhere anyways yeah. enough about cleveland <laughs> so um, i think the next one Casey. i want to talk about here the next one i want to talk about here is probably hassan kim to the padres okay so Korean star, there was a whole lot of buzz. He wait, he took a sweet time to sign, didn't he? It was up to the last day, last couple of hours before he signed with uh, the Padres. And the Padres yeah. got a very interesting thing going on that we'll get into deeper in a minute. But they had a phenomenal lineup in uh, 2019, and they got better. Or, sorry, 2020, excuse me. And yeah, of course, yeah, they got they got better in uh, 
in every way imaginable. The only thing, um, the only negative I can draw from that team is, is losing Kirby Yates to the Jays, but that team is going to give the Dodgers a run for their money this year. 100%. And there's no doubt in my mind, a Dodgers versus Padres series is going to be a close one for whoever comes out on top, which is something I'm happy about because uh, the formation of super teams is never something I'm I'm thrilled about in sports. Well, then, I guess you're not big on the Dodgers getting Bauer, but that's uh, another topic. I, Bauer, you know how I feel about Bauer. Yeah. Anyways. Um, back to the Padres really quickly. Uh, mm. That signing for Kim, that's an interesting one because is he, first of all, he, he plays every day at two, right? That, is that what we're saying? He's going to play every day? Or is Cronin going to be the second baseman? See, Cronenworth's an interesting name. Rookie last year, came up. Tore the cover off the baseball Stug. for a while. Um, it's always, you know, depth is a good thing, but a log jam is a bad thing, right? And you have Hassan Kim, who you don't really know how he's going to play. It's happened so many times before, most recent memory, I, like you say, Kikuchi. I know he's a pitcher, not a batter, but lots of hype about him coming over. He came over with Seattle and, uh, he had a forgettable couple of seasons. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with Hassan Kim. I, I still see him hitting about 265, 270, you know, stealing 25, 30 a year, something like that, 20 to 30 a year. What do you mean? So so 20, 30 home runs? No, stealing 20 bases, bases. What about uh, what about bombs, though? That's what we should be. About really, I don't know, about with, him. especially with the deadening of the baseball this year, which is something I, I, I personally like. And um, we'll get into that later. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see him hitting with a deadened ball, probably about uh, oh, it's a wild card. He had pop in that league, uh, in the KBO. That's a different league, man. I got it's a very small window, but I'd say about 20 to 25 is where I'd see him hitting. Mm-hmm. That's best case scenario, I think, especially if he's yeah. Not but I, I, I see, you know, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna retract that statement. I'm gonna go with about 15 homers, 65 RBIs is what I see from Hassan Kim. Okay, well then, now if you're looking at that for as a Padres fan or or as a Padres GM or something, you, you think, okay, well, 15 home runs and 60 something RBIs, hitting like 260 for a bench player, you love that. But, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Hassan Kim could easily be um, – I was just about to get to that. If you decide, you know, you like Jake Cronenworth, he's been in your farm, he's the guy you want at, at second, you leave him there and you play Hassan Kim at uh, in outfield. He's played outfield before. You can uh, give him some days in the outfield when, you know, platoon him around, use him as your one of your utility guys. Or even if not, you stick him on the bench and in a sticky situation where you need some speed yeah. or a little bit of average on good splits, you stick him in there and see what happens. Well, I mean, that's exactly what Kim would be. He'd be your super utility slash platoon guy because your outfield already with Fam, Myers, and, and Grisham looks pretty solid. I mean, if any of them needs a day off, that's where I guess Kim would come in. He's your super utility slash bench bat that's going to be very good. But what was the contract again? Remind me, I can't remember. I think it was like a four year deal, was it not? I believe so. Um, what was it? I think it was four years, like twenty, or like something. eight mil a year. Uh, 
a twenty-eight million dollar contract. Okay. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, to me, uh, that's expensive for a bench bat, but I guess the Padres and Dodgers and Mets, those are the teams that well, say, "Hey, we'll I, pay." For- I mean, you know, you brought up an interesting name in Tommy Pham, and you know, he's getting up there in age. He's no spring chicken anymore, <laughs> and um, I could see Hassan Kim taking over. Um, Where's Fam playing? Is Fam playing in left? Uh, yes, Fam's in left. I, I, I could I could maybe see Kim playing in left. And then kind of uh, Fam acts as your fourth outfielder, I guess. Yeah, you, you stick him in there when he needs to play his splits and see what happens. So, I, like I said, it's a decent problem to have. It's similar to what the Jays are going to have to deal with uh, this year. But yeah, but no, back to the, the Padres thing. With Fam, it's interesting though, because would you want him playing left replacing Fam, who's actually a really good defender, even though he's getting up there in age? Or I'd personally rather have him replacing Myers, and then you kind of have Myers as your first base slash fourth outfielder. Well, who do they have at first base right now? Uh, ha, no, Hosmer. Oh yeah, it's Eric Hosmer. Yeah, um, and they have Austin behind the dish. I think Austin Nola, right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of like you. Put two yeah, that's a really interesting them. problem because Will Myers had himself a great twenty twenty. Indeed. What he, he had, uh, so everyone in San Diego had a couple grand slams, but um, I, I like Will Myers, I want him in the lineup every night. Mm-hmm. I like Eric Hosmer less so, so I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah, it's a really interesting problem. I'm gonna be very, uh, it's gonna be very intriguing to see what uh, what they end up doing over there in San Diego because they got a lot of options. They have a lot of options. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun down there in the NL West. Just quickly, personally, what I'd do, I'd probably stick Cronenworth at second, Kim in left, um, or or, sorry, Kim in right, rather, um, Myers at first, and then you keep Hosmer on as a, I don't know what, a leadership role, play him with Myers. They're going to be playing splits, which is a a good thing to have. You know, if Hosmer is batting up righties, we'll play them against the righties. Yeah. And, you know, that makes your team better. Look at what the 2019 Nationals did with their first base. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Zimmerman only hit against lefties because he he hits them hard. When it uh, it wasn't him playing, then they'd stick in Howie Kendrick or, uh, you know, and, you know, Howie Kendrick. Anyways. Hey, that was a perfect segment. Let's go. Ryan Zimmerman back with the Nats. Ryan Zimmerman back with the Nats. All right. So now the Nats, after a really disappointing 2020, and I mean, which honestly was to be expected, I figure 2020, 60 game season, who cares what happens? Get your World Series hangover out of the way. Beautiful. They still got, they're bringing back all the main pieces from the 2019 team, uh, minus Howie Kendrick, which is, you know, he was old. He he was, he was declining. It, It was, it's time for him to move on. Time for the Nats to move on. However, they bring back the face of the franchise, Ryan Zimmerman, for first base. Um, so he'll well, probably be platooning with Bell or be a leadership yeah. role. He's not going to be playing often. Um, it, maybe it's to bring some sort of competition for the role to kind of light a fire under Bell's butt. Because, um, you know, he wasn't anything spectacular last year either. However... Ryan Zimmerman still has his moments. He's he's still a plus defender. He makes those diving stops. He can hit the ball hard occasionally. Saw that a couple times in the playoffs. And uh, 
the Nats are a really exciting team to watch next year because they're bringing back Scherzer, they're bringing back Corbin, they're bringing back Strasburg. They signed John Lester for their number four, which was a good signing. Had some depth. John Lester, you know what you're getting from him. After a bad 2020, that was the only blemish on his resume. Um, I do see a little bit of concern there with sure it's a shortened season, but he's also 37 years old. So a bad season, you know, might be the sign of something more. And then you have Joe Ross rounding out the rotation on the five. You can stick Fetty and Voth in the, in the bullpen. And um, that's that. They, they signed Brad Hand, too, which is a lovely signing. Fantastic well, signing. What was that? Uh, three years at 11 mil each? Mm, yes. I, no, I can't remember. I'd Let me see check, here. But... The Brad Hand contract was... Oh, wow. I am far off. It is a one-year, ten and a half million. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The the, the, the 11 number sounded right, but the three years sounded yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, one year, ten and a half Yeah. Million. Yeah. Um, I have to say, though, if if you're looking at the Nats and their offseason, I would rank the Nats and the Royals probably as, like, the most underrated offseasons. They, they both were I, – I really like what they did. I love the trade for Josh Bell. I love the Brad Hand signing. I love the Kyle Schwarber sign, the, um, signing. That was super uh, underrated. We'll see about Kyle Schwarber. It's another – it's another – it's a car, It's a copy and paste of the Eric Thames signing. So we'll see what happens with that. I, Eric Thames didn't pan out. Yeah. I, I love it. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Nats, though, look good. Uh, I, I can see them winning 85-plus games, fighting for a wild-card spot. It's Oh, be for fun. sure, especially if all that pitching is healthy. Don't forget, they didn't have Steven Strasburg for most of 2020 season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Scherzer was battling through injuries, and he didn't have himself uh, a good enough year um, to his standards. Yep. And, um, but yeah, they, they, could, they could. I could see them coming back strong. The one thing I really worry about is their lineup production, which um, we'll see. The uh, Carter Keeble needs to find something going on there or else uh, I don't know what. Because right now in that lineup, the only two people I'm afraid of are Soto and Turner. And we'll see what happens with Josh Bell. We know what happens when people leave the Pirates organization. Uh, they, they often find new life in new places, right? hundred percent. So, We'll see. That could be a scary one, two, three, or it could just be a scary one, two. Yeah. Um, but anyways, enough about that. We've got lots to cover. So next, I'd probably want to talk about, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about Corey Kluber to the Yankees. Okay. Corey Kluber to the Yankees. Corey Kluber is one of my favorite pitchers in baseball. Two-time Cy Young winner who was the image of consistency for – for the longest time, right up until 2019, when it was at first an oblique strain, I believe. Then he took a pitch off his forearm in his first game back, fractured his forearm, uh, his pitching forearm, actually. Then during his rehab, he had another oblique strain that, that sidelined him for the rest of the season. 2020, he pitched one inning, was out with shoulder inflammation for the rest of the year. So you obviously hate to see that. I mean, such a talented guy and um, just an amazing pitcher. Relatively young, too. I believe he's only about 31, 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know his exact age. I'll, I'll look now. But uh, I, I kind of like the signing for the Yankees because the Yankees have a ton of question marks in their rotation with Sevy coming off injury. And uh, really, their only staple is Cole. A lot of younger guys. I love DV Garcia. I'm super big on DV. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Kluber signing. I think if if he finds 
anything of what he had back in nine, 18, 19, uh, it, it'll be exciting. Oh, I agree with you there. One qualm with the signing, if you will, is for a long time, the Yankees have been made out of glass. They can't stay healthy. And what did they do this offseason? They brought in two people who seem to not be able to stay healthy. 100%. Oh, and by the way, uh, Corey Kluber's 34. 34, I see. Um, is still, you know. Not that bad. It's, you it's know, not we've seen many pitchers age like fine wine. Scherzer's turning, is 37. Verlander was 37. And, you know, some of the top pitchers in the league right there. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, as much as I dislike the Yankees, I'd love to see him have a phenomenal year. I'd love to see him return to form and show everyone he, he's back for business, you know? Uh, then the next signing, the other glass signing I was talking about on the Yankees, Jamison Taylor. And well, that, was, that was a trade, no? Was it? It was a trade. It was a trade. I'm I not believe sure. So. Who... Uh, it was, it wasn't for much. No, it was for pennies. Uh, and to be fair, I think that was just the Padres more um, – not the Padres, I'm sorry, the Pirates. The Pirates, Pirates. Pirates mo- moving on from him. they starting a new chapter, if you will, right? Yeah. Uh, poor guy. He's been in the league for four years, and he's all he's pitched a negligible amount of innings. He's had Tommy John twice. Um, in 2019, it was a, uh, he had surgery to repair a flexor tendon, I believe, and he had um, – uh, repairs UCL or revises UCL conditioning. So it's it's going to be an interesting season. And poor guy, he had testicular cancer. Guy couldn't catch a break I for know. a long, long time. So we'll see. I'd like for him to find some new life on the Yankees as well. But it's what I was talking about earlier. The Yankees are putting a lot of stock in these guys who can't stay healthy. In 2019, we all know the Yankees set the MLB record for injuries with 32 injuries at one time, yeah. which, uh, wow. But now you add guys like Corey Kluber and Jameson Taylor into that list, and you got to think, are they really doing stuff to fix that? You already have big injury question marks in Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Aaron Hicks doesn't stay healthy very much either. Yeah, Urshela has some battles, some injury problems. For sure. Um, that whole team, really. Cole's a workhorse. Um, Love that, yeah. Severino, Jesus, uh, you know the story there. Uh, it, no, for for the Yankees, it's it's really you stay healthy, they win close to a hundred. They're injured, they'll still probably win eighty five plus easily, like with without a problem. Oh, eighty five plus for sure. Yeah, I don't care how many injuries the Yankees have, they'll win uh, eighty nine plus games. Yeah. Um, however, now they're gonna face some. They're going to have competition mm-hmm. for the East here in those Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, all right. Let's right before, yeah. Let's, uh, we'll get into the Jays soon. But uh, this episode, I think, is running closer to the end. So I think we should really quickly uh, just discuss a couple of the other small signings. Uh, I, want, I want to say maybe quickly, uh, Kevin Gosman re-signed with the Giants. That's an interesting one. Don't want to get too much into that, but had a really good 2020 Giants. Paid Lots him. of potential there. Lots of potential yeah. there. I like the strikeout numbers. Charlie Morden uh, says doesn't want to leave Tampa. Then he goes to Atlanta. Interesting story there. I, I don't. I don't think he had a much of a choice in that. I think Tampa said we're not offering you any money. You couldn't. Yeah. 
He even considered retiring for a bit, but I guess not. Uh, I like the signing for Atlanta. They need another veteran arm in there help them win the playoffs. This and just an absolute guy. heartbreaker I'd like to touch on. This one hit me hard. Masahiro Tanaka back to the oh. Rockies and Eagles. Yeah, man, that was tough. He, so tough he still has a place in this league. I, I love Mass, man. I, I, I hate, to, hate to see that, especially after his 2019 playoff run. That was tough. But uh, Chris Archer back with Tampa Bay. I want to talk about this one really quickly here, if I sure. may butt in. Chris Archer, although pitching against our Toronto Blue Jays, is one of my favorite pitchers in the MLB. I love Chris Archer, love that slider, loved him back in the day with Tampa. And when I heard Tampa got Chris Archer, instantly I was both excited and mad at the same time because I had to watch him pitch against the Jays. But I love the guy, and I'm super excited to see if he can bounce back with Tampa. Uh, you know what? I'm not too mad about that. I'd like to see him bounce back too. But um, what was Chris Archer's home run problem the last two years? Health and home runs. What do the Jays do? They hit bombs. Well, well, wait a second. So, he another problem. He played in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, you can't blame anything on the venue. <laughs> can't blame everything on the venue. But I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, so moving on from that quickly, we had Garrett Richards with the White Sox. I like that signing. I think that was very uh, Red Sox, uh, Red, Red Sox. Sox. My bad. I'm sorry. I do Red like Sox. that signing a lot too. Uh, I think there's a whole lot of potential there, and um, that's just going to be an underrated signing. The Red Sox have a very poor rotation right now. It's um, yeah, yeah. Come to think know. of it, the, the only person I can name is Eduardo Rodriguez until Chris Sale gets back. It and, should um, be back in June. I've heard end of June. Mm-hmm. Which is not they bad had Andrew Cashman at one point in 2020. I don't know if he. No, he's, he's not on the team. Right, no, right now, it looks like uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, um, uh, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, and. Um, Chris Sale when he gets back. Yeah, when he gets back. And there's one more that I'm blanking on right now. But either way, it's not that great. But with Sale back, with Richards in there now, uh, Tanner Hauk, it, it looked spectacular mm-hmm. last season. He, him coming up, excited for that. Uh, it's not terrible. And Garrett Richards also real quick. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he had a a very weird 2020, uh, had a couple good starts. And then after like in the first three, and then after that, it was kind of bad and it was, it wasn't great, but Garrett Richards actually has very, very good um, spin rate on all his pitches. So it's an underrated mm-hmm. thing to, to look For at sure. when you're talking about Richards. So I'm excited to see if he does well, because that'll be really cool. He's, he's got the stuff and the stuff means potential. So it's, yep. it's, uh, it'll be interesting. But anyways, the Red Sox rotation, not in a good shape. Chris Sale, when he gets back, will be on an innings limit. as is everyone with Tommy John. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the Red Sox can look forward to a fourth-place finish in the American League. <laughs> um, yeah. In the East. Uh, so uh, uh, an interesting one where we kind of missed on earlier, the Indians. What did they do to replace Francisco Lindor? They signed Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario is <laughs> an interesting name. I was a little bit shocked when he got DF, um, or when he got waived by the Twins. Yeah, but the more I looked into it, the more I kind of understand he strikes out a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, he strikes yeah. out a lot. Uh, uh, he does put up the numbers though, and mm-hmm. in uh, he'll probably hit he'll probably hit third for the uh, for the Indians. I see for the yeah. Cleveland baseball team in a couple of years anyway, <laughs> and um, probably behind uh, Jose Ramirez at uh, at two. Yes, yes. Uh, when I'm looking at Eddie Rosario, I took a little bit of a deeper dive into his stats and. Uh, I'm nothing against Eddie Rosario as I did like him a little bit down Minnesota, but uh, he is a tad overrated. Actually, his stats aren't that great. Um, So I kind of, I kind of see what the twins are doing because 
They have definitely not a definitely not a star signing. Don't get me wrong. No, I agree with no. you there. Uh, Kirilov coming up for the Twins. So I mean, maybe they thought, okay, hey, we have a replacement. No need to pay him. But uh, sure. cool signing for the Indians. Still, I like it. Uh, it, I, I guess they they think they can contend for a wild card. I don't, but maybe they think they can. Who knows? I, I could see them with their staff getting a wild card. I, I could see that. But anyways, moving yeah. on. Uh, let's get maybe one or two more in. David Dahl with the Rangers. Nothing. For um, me. Rangers to the Rangers. Suck. David Dahl. You know. Uh, he's got potential happens. actually. I, I don't. I don't hate Dahl, but uh, no. Oh, the Rangers this. don't though. The Rangers. David Dahl does. The Rangers don't. Yeah. Uh, moving Peterson on. Peterson with the Cubs. Jock Peterson is not an everyday player. Uh, he's going to be, be with Chicago. Which that's that's what I'm saying. He's he he can't be. Jock Peterson's a guy who can only hit his splits. And, and, that, uh, and that's why the Cubs aren't going to win more than 80 games. They're just not a, a great well, team. Well, no, and then now the Cubs are exploring trades for Chris Bryant yet again uh, with the Mets. And I don't know what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. It seems like they've been putting Bryant on the market and taking him off like nobody's business. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing down there. But uh, anyways, uh, I'll, I'll quickly run through a couple signings that we missed. Simmons to the Twins, Didi to the Phillies, and Colton Wong to the Brewers, Lestella to the Giants. Uh, don't really care too much about any of those. Any big ones that you want to speak on of those four um, that I list? Like I, 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 um, just to touch on that Colton Wong's, Wong signing uh, okay. quickly. Um, Keston Hero was – not good defensively for the Brewers. So no, he bringing wasn't. Colton Wong, um, I like that. He's he's got a, an average, a little bit below average bat. Um, but that glove is one of the best. Hundred percent. I, I can see a platinum glove in his future. Yeah, uh, and, and touching on the Keston Hira thing, I also heard uh, the rumors on Hira moving over to first. Not sure if that's true, but interesting because I like the bat. Um, interesting indeed because I don't know if he has the frame for first yeah but... that's why I found it kind of odd but I don't know where he's playing if he's not at two so outfield. we'll see I'd say outfield uh, I don't know we'll see uh, but anyways Marcus Simeon with the Jays the Jays have their, um, have their bridge deal big time overpay but it's a one year contract so it is what it is it's off the books next year Is do you think that it's a hundred percent off the table that Simeon doesn't get an extension or is there yes. a chance I see I see that as a hundred percent off the table because okay with with um, unless they are currently or plan to be work let me put it this way a contract will not be negotiated with Simeon unless a trade for one or more of Toronto's top prospects is in the works because there, there's there's simply no reason for it. There's guys like Austin yeah. Martin and Jordan Groshans coming up, and we already have a crowded, uh, crowded outfield, crowded infield. Keeping Semyon around doesn't make sense. He's a yeah. I love how you said it. Bridge third baseman. That's a perfect thing the Jays needed. We had a question mark. Mm -hmm. It basically ends that saying, "Hey, Vladdy, you're playing first this year." And it's and I think that and I think that's going to be a great idea. I think. I think we could see a couple of games from Vlad at third. You know, he's he's dropped like 50, 60 pounds. And uh, mm -hmm. I could see how that uh, – I'd like to see how that affects his glove. Um, the Winter League wasn't a great showcase for him, but we'll see what happens. Um, All right, let's keep this going real quick. couple more before we end this episode off today. Yes. There's Alex Colomb with the Twins. Quinn's like uh, got a nice closer. Alex Colomb had a good year. Um, Hard and I – yeah, hard. Ooh, I love that sinker. Hard sinker, good ground ball guy. Not your typical 2021 closer, but I like it. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Dolis. 
hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for the signings, I think that's all we have here. Just maybe one more. We have Duvall signing with the Marlins and then Stroman re-signing with the Mets. Nothing major there. Actually, uh, uh, real quick, I think this will be our last little bit before we end it for today. Stroman with the Mets. I personally love that move uh, for Stroman. Uh, I don't really care about the Mets because I'm not a Mets fan. But for Stroman himself, I like that because by him t- by him accepting the qualifying offer, he at least guarantees himself, okay, I'm going to take my money now because I didn't pick in 2020 where he could have rejected it and taken a chance in free agency. Whereas if you're looking now, you got guys like Oda Rizzi and Paxton and Walker still not signed. And I feel if Strowman rejected, he'd still be there because I think he's kind of in that same tier as Walker, Paxton, and Odo. So him him taking the however I don't even remember. Paxton, I just sorry to interject here, but I'd put Paxton just ahead above the rest. The only thing holding him back is injuries. Anyways, I continue. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Strowman, I think it's great on him. I don't remember how much the qualifying offer was, but regardless, take the money. Good for him. I think this year comes back as the Mets number four has a fantastic year, and then next year gets paid. That's I believe kinda... the qualifying offer is around eighteen million. But yeah, I agree with exactly. you. It's a good signing for a solid number four. Um, we'll see what happens. All right. yeah, I think that's uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for stopping by. It's been Luch and Lori, and uh, see you on the next episode. We're gonna drive.